0: So you guys probably saw us on the post-game show from the lounge a week or so ago wearing those Jokic for MVP shirts. And a lot of people are asking where to get those shirts. Yes, a lot of people are wondering. You can get them at Jokic4MVP.com. And all proceeds go towards the Colorado Hawks who actually put these shirts into the universe and are behind this movement jokic is the website. Like I said, you can get a super high-quality shirt, but you can also support the Colorado Hawks when you buy one of those shirts. And if you don't know about the Colorado Hawks, it's a nonprofit organization helping athletes from all over Colorado achieve their dreams of playing sports at the next level and earning scholarships. Uh, They produce high-level athletes in boys' and girls' basketball and soccer, And most importantly, this is an affordable program that has never turned an athlete away due to cost. So get one of those Jokic for MVP shirts at Jokic4MVP.com. Super high quality, super comfortable, and you can also help the Colorado Hawks out by doing so. What's up, guys? Welcome into the DNVR Nuggets Podcast here on a Thursday. As always, we are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. When you guys sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, remember to use code DNVR when you sign up. That's very important. Use code DNVR. It's a great week to sign up because we've got the tournament tipping off here actually later tonight, uh, Thursday night with the first four games and Great time to get on DraftKings, win some money with a ton of college basketball this uh, upcoming week and really the next upcoming few weeks. I'm Harrison Wind hosting today uh, on this Thursday. I am joined by TikTok superstar, <laughs> Nuggets grades aficionado, uh, Brendan Vote. Yeah, what'd you think of my acting
1: debut, man? I put a lot of work into that. I was nervous. Um...
0: It looked like you didn't want to be there. If yeah, I'm, if that, I'm being honest, it looked like you were um, Yeah, you were um like in a hostage video. I'm not going to lie. I've been told that. And you know what?
1: I just, I wish Ken would have told me. We could have done more than one take. I had it in me,
0: but it's all right. <laughs> yeah, follow us on TikTok at uh, dnvr underscore sports. I believe that's the TikTok handle. Uh, we'll be posting a bunch on there. Do you know who chose the music for that TikTok. I do not. My guess would be Michaela. Yeah, that was probably above our pay grade. But um, yeah, I'm curious how uh, Drake wound up on there. I mean, I'm not mad about it. I'm j- I just was surprised. Not mad about it. Yeah, I didn't know we had that royalties budget, but I guess it's not a problem on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I think on TikTok just anything goes. Just <laughs> the, uh, it's the wild west social media. All right, on today's show, uh, we will be going over questions. We got a bunch of questions from the DNVR Nuggets Discord. Got a bunch of questions from Twitter. So shout out to the DNVR fam for showing up and giving us some good topics for today. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about a bunch on today's show. And of course, Nuggets are coming off another nice win over Charlotte. They're hot right now. They're 8-2. So we'll get into a ton today. Maybe uh, some trade talk as well. Uh, Always a favorite thing to get into. So should we just start this off? What do you got for uh, first question? Yeah, man, plenty of questions. Last second questions, too. Um, We'll go to the
1: Discord first. We want to shout out our homies uh, paying for the membership. The DNVR Discord, by the way, one of the the better perks of that membership. One of the best places to talk Nuggets basketball right now. Uh, All the passion of Twitter without so much of the toxicity. So we enjoy the Discord. Um, Shout out to you guys for the questions. First one comes to us. From our homie B.D. Sticks, he wants to know, I love this question, how long until Michael Porter Jr. drops a new career high? He's rolling right now, Harrison. Remember his career high is 37 points against the Thunder in the bubble. I believe that was August 3rd of last year. Uh, look at that. Um, is he trending up? Is he trending towards uh,
0: towards breaking his career high here? Well, he's absolutely trending up. Absolutely. I mean, five straight 20-plus point games. And he's actually not been unbelievable from three. He had that 0-4 game against yep. Indiana. Was 3-6 last night against Charlotte, including the Steph Curry uh, look-back three, which was m- maybe my favorite shot of the season. Easily. <laughs> um, will he... Drop a point total over thirty-seven the rest of this season. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no, and the biggest reason why is that thirty-seven point game uh, that came in the bubble. That was against the Thunder. I'm bringing up the box score right now. Yes, that game came without Jamal Murray in the lineup. That game mm. came, that game came without Will Barton in the lineup. Like, the Nuggets were starting Tory Craig in that game. I've got to think that a lot of the reason he had 37 that night was because it was him, Nicole Jokic, really doing most of the scoring. Yeah. And there's just so many options on this team right now. Will Barton's been unbelievable, um, and I want to talk about him a lot on today's show. Uh, Nicole has been himself, Jamal Murray's, playing at an all-star level. It's going to be tough for him to get 37. I think he is making such a, a focus on just playing within the offense and playing within himself. And he'll still launch a couple threes that I don't think anybody else on Denver's roster, maybe other than Jamal Murray, can get away with launching. Right. Uh, but I just feel like he's making such an effort to play within uh, his role and with the town alongs- alongside him. I'm going to say he does not score 37. I think you're on the right track, man. Like, with the exception of a few recent fourth quarters, he's
1: mostly been filling it up early on the nights that he plays well, then settles into more of like a role player kind of deal. And we're seeing a lot of 20 and tens, right? And not so much flirting with 40. I think you're probably right about this one, dude. It would require no Jamal and or no Jokic. Um, not looking to see either of those things happen. I, some, to be, I think he tops this at some point in his career. I think he's a guy that that can drop 40, But is it going to happen in in, this year? I don't think so. And in a Nuggets uniform, um, you know that's a that's a reasonable question to ask. San's injury.
0: Oh yeah, he will have multiple forty-point games. Maybe next season. Mm. I don't even think that's that hot of a take. Uh, And yeah, if it is going to happen this year, it would probably have to be if Denver's just severely undermanned, like they were in the bubble when he did drop thirty-seven. So. Yeah. He's definitely capable though. I mean, if he gets super, super hot in like a first quarter and has, I don't know, 16 or 18 in, in a first quarter, maybe that's just going to be one of those nights where Denver just goes, all right, let's just see what this kid can do. You know, let, let, Let's just make him the guy. Let's make this be his night. Maybe there's one of those games.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's a, you know, around the mid season slog, right? It's just like a January game and, Jokic and Murray realize they don't have to, to work so hard tonight. They can just feed the hot head. Um, That'll probably happen, almost certainly happen, but I'm with you. I, I don't think it happens this year. Good question, though. Um, Jake Vandenbrink, he's uh, of, of Discord infamy. He's always in there hanging out. If Denver stands pat, is Zeke Najee the archetype of small forward that you want next to the big three long-term follow-up How realistic is this for Najee? This, I guess, being sort of reaching that starting caliber level of wing alongside those three, four guys that we trust.
0: Mm -hmm. So Zeke Najee had this play last night in the Charlotte game. He comes in, and it's the first rotation minutes that he's getting since the All-Star break. He comes in at the end of the first quarter. Immediately, on like his first defensive possession of the game at Charlotte's last play of the first quarter, he switches on to Devontae Graham, He's isoed at the top of the key on a quick point guard in Devonte Graham. Devonte Graham tries to get off a jumper against him. Zeke Naji blocks the shot, and like this is six ten, six eleven Zeke Naji against a six foot Devonte Graham, and that was a really impressive play. And I thought Zeke Naji had a really, really good defensive night against Charlotte. He didn't play a ton in the the meaningful aspects of that game, but I thought he was really impressive and. I think he can be a guy that's a, a long-term piece alongside the big three and alongside MPJ at the three-four. And, and if those guys are starting together at the three-four down the line, like maybe next season, huh. um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that could be a possibility. It, they're so interchangeable in, in terms of you know Zeke potentially guarding small forwards and. MPJ getting the easier matchup there, and MPJ is rebounding and, and both they're shooting. I, I think they're a good fit together and interchangeable. And Zeke is also this is very key. Zeke is also the type of guy who's a team first guy. He's unselfish. He's only going to take really good shots yeah. with all of the offense. That's the type of guy you want next to a Murray, Jokic, Porter trio
1: and he's not gonna dribble at all if he
0: doesn't have to i mean it's 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 shooting rebounding
1: or passing um i would say that he can get there i don't know how realistic it is in my opinion to view him as a starting wing um but can he play there in spurts you know three four hybrid alongside some of those guys 15 20 minutes yeah i think he can get there he moves his feet so well you know obviously this is a guy who in college is just a traditional big all the way you know center power forward size um he's not as dynamic an athlete as like, you know, we've talked about Aaron Gordon, Jeremy Grant, right. Who's just here in Denver that, that, you know, it's not quite the same thing, but he moves his feet really well. And I think that this is a guy who's going to be able uh, to guard threes and fours and, and,
0: and, some fives really well for most of his career. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been impressed. Just this is going to sound weird with his body
1: mm.
0: for a rookie. I mean, he's got a, a pretty nice NBA build. And I, I think that's credit to the things we've heard about him. He's just an incredible, incredibly hard worker who, who just lives in the gym and is just all about getting better. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he can be that guy. I mean, just looking at the potential starting power forward next season, um, the three power forwards that Denver plays the most right now, Paul Millsap, Jamichael Green, and Michael Porter Jr. is kind of the, the the X factor there. Like, I don't know. I would not be shocked if it's MPJ and Zeke Naji mm-hmm. with maybe a Jemichael Green coming off the bench at backup for next season. Like, that could happen. I don't know if it's more than 50% likely, sure. but I think like that could happen. He's also like a, a
1: controllable you know an affordable option like if you're looking for a long-term fifth guy alongside the three you know right now kind of the four the way Barton's playing um you know that guy has to be someone you can keep around you just saw Jeremy Grant leave after that rental trade which was great someone you can pay and as you hit on someone you can trust to stay contained to their role this is something Zeke can do I just wonder if this is a you know more of like the default path we couldn't get that wing, and so we'll fall
0: back on Zeke. That, that's sort of maybe how I view it for now. Yeah, and potentially the answer to the next question is going to knock, uh, knock that possibility out, but we should probably move on to that. Well, then let's move on. Young Tubbs wants to know,
1: better fit Harrison Lind. Harrison Barnes or Aaron Gordon with the
0: Denver Nuggets? Mm, I love this question. I think it's Aaron Gordon. And I'm really, really uh, opening up to the potential of Aaron Gordon yeah. coming to Denver. I'm really starting to like it. Defensively, I, I think he can be really good at the four uh, for the Nuggets. In a lot of way, uh, in a lot of the ways that you know Jeremy Grant and Zeke Naji are also good fits next, next to MPJ in that front court uh, at the three four. Uh, he's a good defender. You know when, when these when this chatter about Aaron Gordon being available kind of came about, I went back and watched some of his defensive highlights. He defended Luka Doncic earlier this year, pretty well Mm -hmm. he's defended a lot of bigger wings and even bigger lead ball handlers really well this season. And and he has looked a little slower since coming back from that injury. I think it was an ankle injury recently. Um, But he's a good defender just for like that alone. Um, my pick is Aaron Gordon. I like Harrison Barnes' offense more than Gordon, but based on his defense, I think Gordon's a better fit.
1: Yeah, I actually kind of look at this as maybe like a safer, bigger swing kind of split. Um, I, You know, Barnes is a guy that has been just a sort of quieter rotation piece on winning teams. You know, you sort of know what you're going to get. Uh, whereas with Gordon, there are question marks about, like, what kind of player does he want to be in Denver? How does he view himself and, and all that stuff? But I also just think Gordon's the bigger swing, like at a certain point, like I view Denver as a contender, you know, maybe something beyond fringe contender and like Aaron Gordon's the bigger swing. It's the move that you go, okay, that maybe makes this team noticeably better Uh, And and, as opposed to just like a floor raising kind of shore up the the rotation move. So I think I'm more intrigued by Aaron Gordon, Um, but it's a good question. It's a good question.
0: Yeah, it's it's fascinating because like the Aaron Gorder chatter, I think that's very real. I mean, I've heard he's definitely available. I'd be pretty shocked if he wasn't traded before the deadline, but there's a lot of interest. I, I think the Nuggets are interested. I really do. I think they'll try to get him. It might just come down to how big of a package the Magic are asking in return. Right, right. Uh, so – yeah, I like Gordon. I really do. I think he would make the Nuggets a better team. What you hit on, though, is, is the big thing with him, in my opinion. He's 25 years old. His name still has a lot of cachet around the league just because he was such an exciting player uh, like throughout his career. And, and I don't think he's quite that guy. He's less athletic now. He He's not the high riser. He even was a couple of years ago just kind of from watching him so far this season, Um he could kind of net a bigger trade return for Orlando just because like he is such a big name, but he's also under contract for obviously this season, but also next season. Whereas Harrison Barnes has two years left on, uh. and I don't know, I don't know if I want to be paying Harrison Barnes eighteen million in twenty twenty three if I'm the Nuggets uh, that year. I'm also going to have to pay MPJ a ton of money on his sure. extension. So, yeah, I think you're right. Aaron Gordon is the bigger thing. Um, I think he's way more of a potential realistic option for the Nuggets and Harrison Barnes, who I don't really see as being a, a route Denver goes. I also don't think, you know, it doesn't look like the Kings are, are selling.
1: Um, they should be, but I, I think I saw <laughs> that report today that they're not interested. Um, speaking of reports, this one I can actually read to you in source. We got a sham wow. Denver Nuggets guard Monte Morris has committed to play for the Nigeria national team in the summer Olympics. He'll play for coach Mike Brown. It's pretty cool. Wow. This
0: is a stunner. A stunner. This is a stunner. Um, Um, Emergency podcast. Yeah. Wow. That's Nigeria. Is that what you
1: said? Yeah. I didn't even realize that he was eligible for that, Um, but that's a fun development. Good for Monte. We don't have to like analyze it.
0: Yeah. No, that's That's cool. cool. Um, yeah, Very cool. Congrats, Monte. So guys, I've become an even bigger fan of Hassle Cattle Company over the last week or so for two reasons. I mean, one, it's it's still amazing. The, the, the Wagyu beef from Hassle Cattle Company, the blue collar Wagyu is incredible. Two, my girlfriend's been out of town. She's usually the one that does the cooking. So I've had to step up. I've had to step up to the plate for myself so I don't starve. Thank God I've had some Hassle Cattle Company in the freezer. So I've been, you know, eating a lot of that. I've been taking down some New York strips. I've been taking down the uh, Wagyu Franks, the beef bacon uh, from Hassle Cattle Company. It's all so good. It's all so good. You guys can get Hassle Cattle Company for 10% off when you use the code DNVR10 at HassleCattleCompany.com. They will deliver to anywhere throughout the United States. No matter where you're listening to this podcast from, you can get Hassle Cattle Company. You can get it for 10% off with the code DNVR10 at HassleCattleCompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. Any orders over $200, you will also receive free shipping. So check them out today. Also guys, there's honestly been no better time of year to be on DraftKings because the tournament, it's finally here. We don't know who will be cutting down the nets at the end, but we do know there will be no shortage of madness DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $4 on an underdog. Win $256 if they win. Honestly, it's that simple. Bet $4 on an underdog. On the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Win $256. That's how easy DraftKings makes it for you guys. Just pick any underdog. Bet $4. Win $256. You can only get that deal at DraftKings Sportsbook. So make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up. That's very important. You've got to use code DNVR to sign up to turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code DNVR to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And with that, let's hit this week's DraftKings pick of the week. Of course, we do one every week, a DraftKings pick of the week. I'm going to stick with the theme of the NCAA tournament, of course. And if you haven't used that promo from DraftKings, I'm going to give you an underdog that you could bet on to turn that $4 into $256. I like Winthrop, who's a six-point underdog, Plus 215 on the money line to beat Villanova in the first round. This game is Friday. So tomorrow night, from when I'm recording this, tip-off is at 8. You've got a lot of time to get this one in. I'm taking Winthrop to beat Villanova. They're the underdog. That's your DraftKings Pick of the Week. All right, welcome back to the DNVR Nuggets podcast. As always, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure to use promo code DNVR when you sign up. Vote. Where are we going with this next question? All
1: right, uh, I'm going to switch up the order a little bit because of, you know, where we're sort of going here with this conversation. Um, so I'm actually going to really quick hit a Twitter question. This one comes to us from at Grant Carey. Will the streak that the Denver Nuggets on uh, are on right now deter them from making a move? Oh, that's fascinating.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting one because I, I could see how you would say no. Look, Nuggets are 8-2 in their last 10 games. They're all the way up to fifth in the West one game behind the Clippers uh, for the four seed. The vibes are immaculate right now. (laughs) The chemistry is great. Will Barton, who we all agreed might be the most likely player to be traded suddenly looks like he did last year when he was the Nuggets third best offensive player, their third best player throughout the regular season. So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know because like, If you were to trade Will Barton, yeah, you lose some scoring, but you also have P.J. Dozier. Gary Harris is just the real X factor because, yeah, he could be a guy on the move. We always thought he could be a guy on the move at this trade deadline, but can he be traded if he just is out indefinitely with with this adductor? I don't know. Um, I'm going to say – it's probably a little more likely that they stand pat with how good things are going. Um, But I don't think it's like an open and shut case. Yeah. I mean,
1: this is what makes Tim's job so freaking hard. I mean, in theory had to start making this decision like a month ago. And now you've got all this evidence that, you know, maybe suggests you shouldn't make a move. Alternatively, you could look at it as confirmation that this team is in fact as good as they hoped. Uh, and that they're very close, and maybe they do need to make a win now move. I don't know. Um, I don't know how, how one goes through through that as a GM or a Pobo. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you sort of touched on this. This questions all string together, so I'm just going to run them off. Um, Flow from the Discord says it looks like Barton wants a playoff run with this team, and he's finding it harder to imagine TC, Tim Connolly, letting him go at this point. So with that in mind, you were just talking about this. Which Nugget um, do we think won't
0: be there after the deadline if Barton's still in Denver? So other than Barton, yeah, I'm going to say Bull Bull. Mm. I'm going to say Bull Bull. Uh, because if I'm the Magic, and I'm talking with the Denver Nuggets, like I feel like you would want Bull in that deal. And I mean, at this point with Denver – Like, I I was a believer in Bull, but, I mean, he he obviously needs a lot of seasoning. He obviously needs time in the G League, and and you wonder if just a a change of scenery might be best for him. So, I'd say Bull. Yeah. The two things Bull needs most are
1: two things Denver can't provide him right now, right? Patience, playing time, and, like, a G League team. Um, So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I don't, I don't want to just agree with you, but the I think you hit up the other guy would be Gary, who you can't trade because he's injured. And then I think the guy that makes most sense after that, just in terms of kind of packages you can put together, would be Monte, who's a guy that right now you don't want to trade and you can't anyway. So mm-hmm. I do think it comes down to being bull, um, but I'm not ruling out a, a Barton trade, and that's not to imply that I've heard anything. It's just you know there's still a, a sort of If those two parties reach a conclusion, it's a bit of a natural one at this point. So, uh, you know, he's the guy that if you look at his contract, look at what Denver needs. He's the guy that makes sense to go if you're going to get an Aaron Gordon. So I wouldn't rule it out just yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see here. Oh, Jared Boygon wants to know if MPJ is the best at the four, uh, is best at the four. Is there a better fit realistically on the trade market than Thrill? He's loving what he's seeing actually from the combo guard at three. So, I mean, look, we offensively, man, I kind of think Barton's near the ideal. I really do. Um, but you just have to ask yourself how much scoring is necessary versus what's possible defensively. And, and to me, you know, to, to reduce it, like Aaron Gordon, you know, that's why that
0: potential deal makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, Barton's been incredible. Um, I, I wrote about this for today on the DNVR.com, just kind of looking back at a little bit of his rehab in Miami when he was outside the bubble while the Nuggets are making that playoff run and how much that was killing him. And his kind of uh, positive play and his, uh, the momentum he's got right now, I think it's by design. Mm-hmm. What what I have heard uh from people close to Barton is that like he was rehabbing, you know, throughout the entire playoff run, throughout the entire off season, kind of with the thought in mind that the season was going to start in January or February. Mm-hmm. And remember, because that if you remember, like we all thought the season was going to get pushed to like February, and then all of a sudden they're like, nope, we're starting so we can play Christmas, and. So, Barton's rehab was cut short. And so, from what I've heard, the first half of the season for him was like his preseason. Mm. He was ramping up. He was finding out what his body could do. Because a lot of people don't know how injured this guy was. Like, he had to relearn how to jump and land without causing strain on his knees and legs. Like, he had to relearn a lot of this stuff. Like, basic athletic movement. So, I think a lot of the first half of his season was just seeing what his body could do, trying to get through it, not injured. And from what I've been told now, he's really ramping it up. And now we're kind of seeing the Barton of last season. Sure, he was the third best player. And I agree like this guy from an offensive standpoint, yeah, he can get a little shot happy at times. Um, but like I think we saw the other night, what, what did he start? Like, five of five from the field and then was five of 10 yeah yeah the end of the third or something like that well those things can happen but a lot of people like don't know that barton's shooting 40 percent here a career high he's the third best shooter percentage wise on the nuggets Uh, or i think he's actually fourth behind uh michael green michael porter and uh nicola and he's a playmaker too. He can break right. the defense down off the dribble. He can find guys. He's a really smart player. So I'm with you in that respect. And an underrated rebounder
1: too. You know, like, unfortunately, because of that timeline you just laid out, he didn't have a lot of runway to show this. But I think now that there's Pep back in his step offensively, you're seeing a bit of a recommitment on the defensive end. I don't think he'll ever be confused for a plus defender there. But you know, effort is half the battle sometimes, and and you're sort of seeing him at least at least in that arena. Effort, he's showing up in ways he hadn't because I think he's enjoying himself again. Um, mm-hmm. But it's still it's just such a short runway for Tim to look at that and say, "Do I trust this? You know, in the postseason, or can we be better?" Uh, and I always say this, man, but I, I I really don't envy that gig, especially this time of year.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. He's the type of guy Barton is defensively who gets up for certain matchups. Mm. If the Nuggets are playing Paul George, you better expect Will Barton to bring it defensively that game. He's a guy who who will get up for certain matchups against certain guys. Uh, but like I was saying a couple minutes ago, he's a smart player. He's a very high IQ player, uh, even though he's not talked about that way. And that applies to his defense, too, I think. I also think – like you know what people want
1: is the best of both worlds at a fourth option. And at a certain point, you just have to be realistic about why it's so difficult to excel in that role and why so few players do like the three, four shots you really wish Barton wouldn't take a game. I think that comes from the same thing in spot inside of him that inspires him to score those 20 points they that they needed, right. From another guy, if their stars didn't have it, Like a lot of teams, fourth guy is far too timid. So it's a difficult thing to navigate. Um, don't don't take the good for granted would be my would be my conclusion. Um, Miroslav says we keep talking about Denver's inability to match up with teams in the playoffs, but which teams are
0: well suited to guard Denver's star trio? <laughs> That's a great question. That's a great question. It's not the Clippers. I think we found that out last playoffs. Even right. though I think it should be the Clippers. Because they've right. got Kawhi and Paul George and Pat Beverly. But it's not because they just – they could not guard Jokic to such an extent last year that it kind of just screwed up everything else for them. But I do wonder, now that they have Serge Ibaka, maybe mm. they, uh, they they have a much better matchup there, which they do. So, actually, maybe it is the Clippers. Um, other than the Clippers, <laughs> uh. The Lakers are just a good defensive team. Yep. That's what I was going to say. Uh, They don't have the same depth on the interior that they used to, but uh, they're just a really good defensive team. Other than that,
1: uh, I don't, nobody really comes to mind. Yep. Yep. And that's why I love this question so much. Like, nice reminder that, like, really, they have one of those offenses, one of those trios. And I think it's the Lakers just insofar as they're the only team in the league that I can think of with sustained success guarding Jokic, obviously personnel a little different this year. But if you can guard Jokic well, then you're doing better than 99% of teams in the league. So I think they're on that list as well.
0: What about in the East? Do you think any teams in the East can guard the Nuggets? And I know the Brooklyn, that's can't.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's that's the one thing that gives you any hope there. Um You know, Philly's defensive rating isn't actually exceptional or anything like that this year. But Embiid for Jokic, you know, Simmons, who can cover cover Murray, Simmons' Defensive Player of the Year candidate, transcendent defender. Um, I think they're a team that's well-suited to defend Denver.
0: Yeah, Philly's the one that I was thinking of um, for sure. Milwaukee, Milwaukee has a good defense, but the Nuggets always just light Milwaukee up. Because Jokic lights them up. He loves that matchup for some reason. Yeah. Oh, I want to ask you about this. So when um, you guys brought me on the show last night, you just got done saying that the Nuggets are the second best big three in the league. I don't think that's a hot take. Not at all. I don't even I think it's a hot take at all. I think that's probably accurate. Yeah. Because, the, yes, I, the Nets are the best big three in the league, for sure. Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. After that, it's either Denver. I was looking at this today. It's either Denver or Philly, in my opinion.
1: I think you're 100% right. And the Philly thing, just in terms of the big three thing, not even Embiid or how good the team is, that feels like a bit of a stretch to me. Um, Porter is like that dude and growing and then some. I, I really think Denver is one of – I mean, there aren't many trios in the league right now, which is part of right. what's made for so much parity. Um and then so much uh, sadness regarding the Nets move <laughs> because there's not even really another big three to check them. Uh, we'll see what Denver can do. But, yeah, I think you're right. Bit of a cold take.
0: Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, maybe the fourth best big three? I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Is DeAndre three?
1: it's not even closing games. Um, okay, Jarrett wanted to know, Uh, with regards to Malone's comments about needing to figure out how to play with Porter and two bigs at the same time,
0: um, did he have that Lakers matchup in mind? I've got to think so because I don't know who else you're starting two bigs against in the playoffs if you're the Nuggets, right? Right? I mean, how many matchups demand that? Like, we can just go go down the list, we can just go down the list, Utah. No. Nope. Phoenix, not really, no. The Lakers, yes. The Clippers. No. No. Nope. Uh Portland. Nope. No. San Antonio. No. Nope. Uh, yeah, uh, your point, your point stands. Your I, point and then stands. there's Ellis, who they did start Paul Millsap against. But I mean, I think you can play MPJ at the 4 in that matchup. I think Millsap
1: struggles in that matchup to be honest. Um I kind of understood what Malone was doing there. Like, Millsap is in a lot of ways, like, old reliable here. It's almost a bigger ask to say, hey, Malone, do you want to start P.J. Dozier at point guard tonight? You know, like, I, I got why he fell back on that. I just don't think it's optimal. I think you can get away with MPJ. Um, You know, Dallas has size, but they're stretch bigs, so.
0: yeah. Do you remember when the Warriors were just running everybody off the court with the Draymond Green at center look. But Steve Kerr would not really go to it that much in the regular season because it was their death lineup and they wanted to save it. And it's kind of like if if it's more mysterious and there's not as much tape and defenses don't play as much against it, it can be better for you in Mm -hmm. like high-level situations. I I wonder if there's some of that to this MPJ at the four look where like that can be – the Nuggets' absolute death lineup. Uh, but, you know, maybe it's not something they want to play super, super, super heavy minutes during the regular season. I don't know. That That's just a thought.
1: And I wonder, too, you know, if it's just Malone's the coach, not the GM. So it's not his job to think about trade deadline moves, consolidation moves. It's his job to figure out how to work with the roster he's been handed. And they do have two power forwards on this team, and Paul Millsap and Jermichael Green. And so for as much sense as Porter makes at the four in a vacuum, it's not an easy move for Malone to get him there. So I, I think that was part of it too, which is like, hey, if we can unlock that group,
0: you know, we have all these guys on our team. That's what we're going to have to do with everyone's healthy. So, Here's a stat for you. Here's a, here's a stat for you that I wrote in my uh, write-up off last night's game on the DNBR.com. Do you know the five-man lineup that has the best offensive rating in the league? out of lineups who have played at least 100 minutes.
1: Is, you know it, is, it, right? is it the MPJ at the
0: four and the Monte in their lineup? It's not. It's actually the starting lineup that the Nuggets have been using. No way. Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Paul Millsap, and Nikola Jokic. Mm. When those five are on the floor, Nuggets have a 129 offensive rating. That is the best offensive rating out of any lineup in the league, that's played more than a hundred minutes this year. Number one. Wow. So is it, what? what is, they're just struggling defensively then? I mean, just in
1: terms of like, people don't love this Porter Millsap pairing offensively, they're working better than people think.
0: Yeah. Defensively. They're not good. Uh, that, that lineup has a 111.6 defensive rating. Okay. And that gives you question because it, you think it should be better defensively because Paul Millsap is in there. Right, right. Like it it should be better, but the Porter, Jokic, Millsap three man trio is not good defensively in terms of their defensive rating, and and you wonder why that is. Okay, well let's let's stay on that thought because Jerry had a
1: follow up. Um, you know, was there anything sustainable from that Charlotte game? Because defensively, obviously, offensively it worked. Defensively, Porter looked great guarding Hayward. Millsap looked comfortable. Um, Was that just? Denver had a game, they blew someone out, or did that instill any confidence in you in, in terms of this group going forward?
0: The defense is is something I'm really monitoring right now. I mean, they've held 10 straight opponents to under 50% shooting from the field. Like, that's that, that's a pretty uh, eye-popping stat, I think, considering where this defense has been for a lot of the year. I mean, on the season, they're all the way up to the 13th best defense in the league. Mm-hmm. And this is a defense that started out at the very, very bottom. So they've been gradually tracking up all season. Um, So I think that's big. Offensively, it was just more the same. Um, Nuggets have been the best offense. I think it's over the last eight games. They're all the way up to number two in offensive rating, um, which I mean, I'm not surprised about. This is an incredible offense, an unstoppable offense. When Will Barton and Michael Porter Jr. are playing like this, you actually no don't defense. have a chance. <laughs> no defense has a prayer in stopping this. Yeah.
1: Fight. Yeah. It's, it's a near a hundred percent. Right. Um, like, MPJ, I think was right. Half right in his comments that at least offensively more so than being switched to the four, like he just got comfortable. Finally, you know, this is a guy who's so talented, like, you know, he shoots better from some sides of the floor than others, one side than another, but it could be left wing, right wing. It could be playing small forward or power forward. If the dude's in a rhythm, he's going to pour it in. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think you'd like to get to a point where you can try to roll these guys out there in the playoffs because we've been scrambling so hard to find the right lineup combination, you know, with, with Porter at the three, um, at the four rather, and it can be difficult.
0: What do you think about the defense? Is it real or is it fake? Which aspect of the the overall trending up? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the last, let's see, 10 games here, uh, Nuggets are the eighth best defense in the league. They've held 10 straight opponents of 50% shooting or less. They held Charlotte to 104, Indiana 106, Memphis 102, Milwaukee 97, Oklahoma yeah. City 96.
1: Oh, look, I think this – You know, back end of the top 10, like 11th, 12th ranked defense kind of thing is real. And they were heading in that direction before Gary Harris and PJ Dozier went down, which are their their two best perimeter defenders. And and they stack up positionally. So, you know, we all expected a dip. It dipped, but they seem to have gotten a hold on it and going to steal a Hastings point, actually. They're lighting it up offensively. Everyone's having fun. So everyone's down to get back and play D. And I think that's what Denver is like. They can get themselves to passable, you know, opportunistic with with high effort, high energy. Um, They're just not they're not constructed to shut teams down the way maybe the Clippers are.
0: Yeah, I I love that point. I agree 100 percent. When this team is moving the ball, when the ball gets popping, when everybody's playing for each other, when they're knocking down shots, when it's a healthy offense, that's when they really dig in their heels defensively. And I think that's another big aspect of why their defense has been great as of late.
1: All right. Joseph wants to know looking, there's not really parameters here, but just looking realistically at the seating, um, What is the toughest and easiest matchup for Denver in the first round? So I was thinking about this and you and I both on the show the other night said we, we can see them finishing with that four seed seems fair. seems realistic, right? I uh, you know they're chasing the Clippers by a game right now. If that's the case, how do you, how do you see the easiest and the toughest first-round matchups for Denver?
0: Hmm. So if we're looking at the teams that are currently in right now, Portland, San Antonio, Dallas, I guess we could extend this to – do you want to throw the Warriors in there? Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's throw the Warriors in there as the eight as well. The toughest, the toughest, I might say, the Warriors. Mm. I might say the Warriors or the Mavs. I'll, I'll probably go the Mavs, actually. Over Portland. Portland. Portland's interesting. I don't know what to do with Portland this year. Yeah. 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 I mean, all these teams, like, you're picking the Nuggets in five or six, I think. Yeah. Like, the Warriors, the Mavs, and Portland, I think you're picking the Nuggets in five or six in all three of those series. Yeah. But they all have something that makes you worry. I think you're right. Uh, I think you're right. It could be Portland, though. I mean, it really could be Portland. Nuggets have played well against Damian Lillard in the playoffs before with really similar personnel uh, to to what they have now in terms of just guarding Lillard. Yeah, it just feels like like they're ready
1: for that matchup mentally. Like when they play Portland, they play them well, you know, since that series, since Game 7. Whereas, like, Dallas, I just don't feel like they match up well with Dallas, you know? Even though I think Denver's a considerably better team, I'm always holding my breath in, the, in those games.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, for sure. If the Nuggets were a match up with Portland again, that would be a, a really nice, like, coming-of-age series if they just smashed the Blazers in the first Full round circle five games. Well, that's – I mean, I've wondered, like, what if they went – yeah, if they could get
1: Portland in the first round and then like Utah in the second somehow, that'd be incredible.
0: <laughs> that'd be so cool. Yeah. No, I, I mean the Nuggets can get the four. I even think they can climb to to the two or three if we're being wow. honest. It, the the Lakers they're five and five in their last ten. Anthony Davis doesn't seem like he's coming back anytime soon. The Nuggets the Nuggets Brendan ha- have an absolute cakewalk of a schedule. Let me let me read off their their schedule here over the next couple weeks. Versus Chicago at home. Versus New Orleans at home. At Orlando. At Toronto. At New Orleans. Those are their next five games. All five of those teams are under 500. Wow. This could be five straight wins. And for and the, and this is the point in the season
1: as well where you're feeling most confident about this team. And assuming they're feeling most confident. I think they're ready to prime, you know, rattle off some, some wins. And only three games back of the two seed. Who's most likely... To, to drop out, Harrison, like, are the Suns going to hang
0: on to a top three seed out West? Suns are good. Suns are really good. They've got a nice regular season formula here. Um I'm going to say the Lakers or the Clippers.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that they have a chance to catch both. Four feels more realistic for now. Eventually, the Lakers are going to get AD back. Like, it does feel like... You know
0: they're way more beatable than they actually are right now um but we'll see we'll see if you guys haven't checked out gabby insurance you need to hit them up at gabby.com dnvr would you like to save an extra 961 dollars per year would you like to just have that 961 dollars in your pocket that's how much gabby customers save per year on average car and home insurance So what they do is they pretty much take the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. All you have to do is link your current insurance account on Gabby.com and what they'll do, they'll run your numbers with all these insurance companies. They'll tell you where you can be saving money. A bunch of us at DNVR are using Gabby.com. It's awesome. So like I said, you're probably overpaying on car and home insurance. See how much Gabby can save you. It's totally free to check. Go to Gabby.com slash DNVR, G-A-B-I.com slash DNVR. They also don't sell your info, so you're not going to get blown up with insurance calls after checking them out. Gabby.com, G-A-B-I.com slash DNVR. Remember, G-A-B-I.com slash DNVR. Also guys, buying a home can be a really, really stressful process. That's where Chevalier Mortgage comes in though. Uh, because Mike and Virginia Chevalier, they've been in the mortgage game for forever. They're OGs. They're the best at what they do. So if you are dreading taking out a mortgage, buying your first house, hit up Mike and Virginia Chevalier. Uh, they're awesome at what they do. They're part of the DNVR fam. They're DNVR members. They read our shows. They're probably listening to this podcast right now. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get it up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. Call Virginia 303-257-6578. Call Mike 970-412-2472. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Also, if you would like to never step foot in a doctor's office for the rest of your life, I know I don't, I have no desire to go to a doctor's office, check out ZoomCare. The one great thing we can take away from the pandemic is the ability to do more things from the comfort of your own home. So what is video care? Video care is like a trip to ZoomCare just from your couch. You can see here and chat with your doctor, just like a traditional office visit, get secure access to urgent primary and specialist care, including mental health. Video care uh, and Zoom care, it's the future, to to be honest. We're all going to be on Zoom care, regardless of, you know, if you're using it now in the next five to 10 years. That's my prediction, at least. Visit Zoom care to get started. Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E dot com. Zoomcare. dot com. They have all the details that you need there. Check them out today. And we're back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up. Where are we going with our next question vote?
1: At Guy Forget asked, with MPJ developing at the four, how badly did the Nuggets miss Tory Craig? And do they wish that they had Tory Craig right
0: now instead of Paul Millsap? I think Tory Craig's a better fit on this roster than Paul Millsap. Mm. Um, but Honestly, man, I don't think Tory Craig's making a big difference on this team this year. Let us know. I'm with you. I I
1: wish well for Craig, but, like, from the Nuggets perspective, I, I haven't missed him as much as other have, others have this season. Still think he's more of a guard defender than, like, a true wing. Um, and then also it just – it's really easy to forget, but we're, we're talking about this offense humming and how fun it's been like Jokic boycotted a basketball game and I'm like 98% sure it's because Torrey Craig was starting like that happened. So
0: it's probably for the best. No, <laughs> it's, it's, for the a, best. it's a really good point, man, because like PJ Dozier is pretty much playing that Tory Craig role this season. And PJ Dozier is, and it's crazy to say because PJ Dozier still has his faults on offense, but he is just like 20 times the offensive player that Tory Craig was. Yep. P.J. Dozier's a 40% three-point shooter now. He can run, pick, and roll. He's a better finisher at the rim. Yes, he, he kind of gets a big head at times and thinks, you know, he's like the best player on the floor. Um, his confidence is just always sky high, and Tory pl- always played within himself and knew he was always the fifth option. But comparing Tory Craig to P.J. Dozier in, in terms of their offensive impact, and even defensively, I think P.J. is the better player. It's not even comparable.
1: I agree. I agree. I actually think the Nuggets picked the, r- the right time to move on uh, Yeah, from Tori. Stefan asks us, faku has been the first off the bench the last couple of games. Faku, and PJ, really. You know, do you think he will hold on to that six-man role and everyone is back? And what do you think his role in the playoffs is? As far as the six-man thing, that hasn't been defined for Denver. You know, that's rotated a lot week to week. It was Vlaco for a week there as well. Um, <laughs> just kind of hard to believe. I wonder, man, and I'm ai you know, I'm all in on Faku. Mm-hmm. If it's a nine man rotation in the playoffs, is Faku out? I mean, like Monte, PJ, Millsap, Green, are those guys playing ahead of Faku?
0: Do you mean out in terms of he's playing zero important minutes? Or do you mean out in terms of he might be playing seven or eight minutes, <clears throat> maybe here? The again? latter. The latter. He's the 10th guy, right? Maybe depending on matchup. It. I could see that. I could see that definitely. Maybe there are some matchups where he plays more, some matchups where he plays less. Uh, I'd be pretty surprised if he's playing more minutes than Monte in a playoff environment. I'd be pretty surprised if he's playing more minutes than PJ Dozier in a playoff environment. Uh, But I think he will play, though. I think he will play, and there will be games when he's making a big impact, surely. Yeah, it's um, the three guard thing. I think
1: it's actually coming together. I think all three of these guys are turning out to be impact quality players, but uh, it does make for a bit of a mess when you're trying to figure out the playoff rotation.
0: I mean, maybe we're selling Falken short though. And, and we, we might be. I mean, this guy had another great game last time. I'm open to it. Like, feel free to yell at me for this
1: one. I'm just asking the question. I it, Just because it does seem like – you know that this team has some commitment to figuring out what they have in PJ Dozier, and I think Malone loves PJ Dozier. That said, God does he love Faku as well. So it, it's tough to figure
0: out. I mean, six ten, six points, ten assists, four steals, plus seventeen for Faku twenty five minutes last night. Five fouls as well. But his best game as a pro, I think. So I feel weird mm-hmm. bringing this point up right now. Ten assists off the bench is so rare. I think that's only been done like a couple times in the Jokic era. Monte was the last guy to do it I believe. But yeah. that, that's so rare. He's incredible, man.
1: He's incredible. He, he just works so hard. Um we'll see though. We'll see. I mean I think either I think either PJ or Faku. I'm not, I'm really not sure how to how to sort that out. Um Nicola Burner wants to know is this Jokic's best shot at MVP uh considering the rise of Jamal Murray and MPJ them in theory eating into his stats. Is this that apex, you know, of what it likes for Jokic to be the best player on a team this good?
0: Probably. Probably. And if you look at what's going on around Jokic in the MVP conversation, I think you can definitely say it's his best chance. It might be his best chance forever. Right, right. Uh, Joel Embiid injured for these next couple of weeks. The Lakers look pretty iffy. I mean, I'm waiting, and I'm sure this is probably happening like this weekend. I'm waiting for uh, James Harden to ascend to an MVP favorite Yep. because the Nets, I think they just took over the top spot in the East from Philly, and or I, they might be tied right now. The Nets could very well run away with the East they really could i mean i think the nuts should be the clear yeah Uh, yeah, i think they should be the clear championship favorite right now Uh, but they could run away with the east and if they win the east just going away you you will have people that say the the nuts won the east in convincing fashion how could you not have somebody uh from that in the mvp debate they have to be there so that's when james harden gets put into this thing um but he shouldn't. He really shouldn't. So, yeah, it definitely is Jokic's best chance. Will Jamal and MPJ eventually eat into his stats? I think you'll see it here and there for sure. I mean, yeah. he even thought a little last night. Jokic just – hes was scoring 27 a game. He doesn't need to, though. It's also like there's an outside chance that Jokic is, is finishing one
1: of the 10 best regular seasons like ever. Offensively. So if that's not enough, you do start like, well, what does he have to do? Um, so I think yeah. you're right. Like, just the way Harden had the trade deal, KD missed time. You know, the Mavericks were bad. There's some voter fatigue with names like Harden and Giannis, who somehow have to top historic seasons, I think, to win that back. Um, of course, the narrative will always be against the Denver Nugget. But from a narrative perspective, it still may never get better than it is right now. So this might if, be the best chance.
0: If I hear people trying to put Damian Lillard at the forefront of this conversation, man. You will. I so. am going to walk out of the bar tomorrow and just plant myself in the middle of Colfax. <laughs> Damian uh, Lillard is incredible. Damian Lillard is awesome. He, he's a great player. Um, he, he's He's done incredible things for Portland this year. You cannot, under any circumstance, put Damian Lillard ahead of Nikola Jokic in the MVP debate. Preach.
1: Preach. You cannot.
0: It should be illegal. They have <laughs> a lot of the Nuggets. Like, it it should not be allowed. You should have your credential revoked if you even try to make that argument. It is fascinating, man, watching these
1: goalposts move. Like, well, they just have to win some games. Now they're winning games. And it's like, they don't, they're not even bothering. They're just skipping to new names now. Like, yeah, but have you seen James Harden?
0: What about Kawhi?
1: Right. (laughs) You guys aren't allowed to enjoy this, dude. I promise. Uh, I want to follow that up with another question that I think is a fun one and deserves a little conversation. At Tim Luca, what about most improved player consideration for Nikola Jokic? He's up seven points per game, three boards per game, one and a half assists, and the efficiency is up across the board. Don't think he's going to win this award, but is there an actual case to make for Jokic?
0: Yeah, there's probably a case to make. (laughs) It's (laughs) like a good one, actually. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Um, he probably has a better case. I don't know if he has a better case than Jeremy Grant. but um, Yeah, Jeremy's probably got it. You rarely see a superstar make this kind of leap, though, in just terms of raw counting stats. I mean, you don't see, like... LeBron never went from averaging 20 points to averaging 27 points the next season. It's usually a much steadier aggression.
1: Unbelievable. Uh, It's like, can this guy score though? He's not much of a, fine. Here's seven more points per (laughs) game. Fine. Unbelievable. Yeah. He's not going to get that award. um, Especially because he's up for some cooler ones, but I agree with you, Tim Luca. He does deserve some consideration. It's it's actually a, a sneaky good resume for that, for that award. Uh, Ray Hackshaw, the third sweet name, by the way, he says, assuming no trades as is tradition, do you think the team would be better served with Monte Morris or PJ Dozier in the starting lineup going forward?
0: Mm. Mm. So my my first choice would probably be neither. It'd be a healthy Gary Harris, but that might not be a thing. <laughs> for a while at least. I mean, I don't know. Like maybe he'll be healthy by the playoffs. Uh, I assume he would, but I don't know. Uh Monte or PJ? That's so tough. Um <laughs> I'm going to go with Monte Morris. I agree. I'm going to go with Monte Morris even though I wanted to say PJ Dozier. Uh Monte is the safer play, I think. I think he's the safer play. He doesn't have as high of a ceiling, but he has a higher floor than Dozier does with the starters. That's it for me. Just lower mistakes, um, less
1: positions, arguably no positions that he's going to hijack, you know, from the best four offensive players in the team. And that's it. Outside of that one dynamic, it's PJ. You want the bigger, longer guy. You'd like to short the defense, but... I mean, it's a wild proposition, really, if you think about it. you got those four guys out there and, like, the ball's in P.J. Dozier's hands. It's, like, a little silly, you know? It, um, it, it, I, I like Monte more, I think, in that in that
0: scenario. You've got the Jamal Murray dynamic, too. Uh, right. Monte and Jamal are a dynamic offensive duo. Like, the Nuggets are incredible offensively when Monte and Jamal are on the floor together. When Jamal and PJ have been on the floor as like the two guards, mixed results. Right. right. Um, and I honestly just think a lot of it has to do with Monte being the absolute purest form of a point guard. And right. <laughs> PJ is just not. And like that's okay because he's way more dynamic than, than Monte is just as an offensive player. Uh, but Monte is going to look to run that unit like a point guard would. I also hate knocking him for his defense because, like, as we've seen this last
1: month, he actually can play good defense, put himself in the right spot. Um, he's just small, you know? And if you're going Morris Murray in the playoffs, it's Morris Murray-Barton, especially. That's that's a size issue. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: at Coasty Trosty, Trosty, he wants to know, will Jokic, Jokic ever give
0: us a 20-20-20 game? <laughs> uh oof. what did he have in the? what's his rebounding high this year that's a good question i don't 22 know. yes so he had 29 22 and 6 he had 23 16 and 10 20 20 20 game it's probably not going to happen i don't think it's going to happen i will say he's the guy to do it if you had to hand pick one guy in the league it's him um, well, it's him or TJ McConnell. If we're that, yeah. TJ McConnell would do it in steals. So. <laughs>
1: perfect. perfect. Um, Flava Ava asked Adam to compare nuggets to birds. I'm not going to do that because I don't know anything about birds. I'm going to save it for Adam. But I just want you all to know, especially you, Ava, that Adam did actually rattle off a list in the Slack today. Um, you really set him off. He found it to be a fascinating topic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll save that one for the next bird corner
1: uh, that's it for questions Harrison
0: those are great questions they really uh, were. thanks so much guys in the discord uh, the DNVR community on twitter for sending those in and yeah like you were saying earlier though the, the DNVR discord is like a whole nother world there's so much going on in there that if you really just want to disconnect from reality for a second just drop into the discord and the Nuggets channels always popping with people talking, shopping there and, and, and whatnot. So, yeah, uh, it's a great benefit of being a DNVR member. Vote, um, I'm just curious, who is the one guy? Do you have one name that you really, really want to see the Nuggets trade for? Do you have a, a number one in your power rankings of, yes, this is the guy I want on the Nuggets? Yeah, I did get
1: Mares pilled into wanting Lonzo for sure. Um, and I still do, but I'd move past that because I just don't think that can be done.
0: Lonzo um, has gotten too good. Too he, good. He's gotten to the point, it's so funny with Lonzo. He went from, yes, he's definitely not coming back to the Pelicans to Lonzo Ball is the perfect point guard to pair with Zion Williams. <laughs> 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 that happened in three months. Um. I am torn. I
1: think it would be Aaron Gordon. I like the idea of the big swing. I like the idea of... Like, putting Gordon and MPJ next to each other, you're, like, just as long and athletic as you were last year, if not more, all of a sudden. Um, but, But I am starting... I am leaning towards no trade. And I know that sounds a little crazy, but Will Barton's playing so gosh darn well we've wanted to know for a long time what would this team look like in the playoffs if he was there with them and ready to go um look outside of like looking at the west is the far better conference far more good teams um but it's also far more winnable in the playoffs with no brooklyn there you just look at the way the laker season has gone the clippers seem vulnerable you know suns jazz are beatable because the de- the nuggets have the best player in the series Is this a winnable year, Harrison, and are the Nuggets good enough as constructed? I'm I'm starting to wonder if that's the case.
0: Yeah, if you would have asked me that uh, a month and a half ago, I would have said definitely not. Right. But I'm I'm getting closer. I'm still very curious to see uh, this defense against more top-tier competition because that's another thing with this impressive run that they've gone on, winning 8 of 10. Right. It hasn't been against – it's been against good competition. Like, you look, there's a lot of really crappy teams in the NBA. Like, if, if we're being honest, most of the Eastern Conference falls <laughs> under this category. But, um, I mean, like, Oklahoma City, Chicago, Indiana ha- has really fallen off right. here. And right. The Nuggets just whooped them twice uh charlotte who i think is overrated uh pretty handily just because of the lamella ball thing i don't think they're a team as everybody thinks they are um dallas who they lost to and then they obviously like blew out milwaukee in that one on the road so i still want to see this defense against better competition against the elite of the elite like that 76ers game that clippers game those two that are coming up uh the end of march beginning of april I think we'll get a good feel maybe then what, what this defense really is. Yep. Offensively though,
1: I think as constructed, they're ready. I think they're ready to go into the playoffs and and say, good luck shutting us down. Um, Legit questions. You know, the roster construction's wonky, but at a certain point when you have a big three and your fourth guy's starting to ball, I mean, that's,
0: that, that's enough to go to war with, you know? Yeah. If you're asking me for my top guy for a trade, it's also Aaron Gordon. I think he's the only one of the kind of all in candidates that make a lot of sense. I think he even makes more sense than Kyle Lowry, who I just don't think that's realistic. Um, He makes more sense to me than than Harrison Barnes. He makes more sense to me than DeMar DeRozan, who I actually used to like more for this team than I do right now. Zach Levine's not getting traded. I don't think Lonzo Ball he's going to be pretty expensive. I think the Pelicans might want to keep him now. John Collins doesn't make sense. All the other big names don't really make sense to me other than Gordon. So, And the yeah. other names underwhelm me. Like I am kind of, if they're going to make a trade,
1: I think it should be a big one. Like I think it should be the Aaron Gordon move as opposed to, to Barton, just because if you're the Nuggets, you got to view this as a winnable year, whether that's realistic or not. They're one of the five, six teams with a non-zero chance. And so I think if there's a big swing out there and you they feel good about it, they they have to heavily consider it.
0: Yeah. Like if you look at a, another trade that they might look at, take a guy like Troy Brown on the Wizards, for example. Uh, like a guy the Nuggets liked in that draft, in the 2018 draft, but has fallen out of favor in Washington. I mean, that's like a Will Barton trade from 2015. That, that, that's a guy you pick up that can be like a – off the bench piece for years to come not a guy that's going to be a difference maker in the right. playoffs.
1: Right. And that's ultimately that's ultimately the case for me. Like, it's just underwhelming, you know. So uh, I think Gordon's the only guy who who is in the middle of that Venn diagram in terms of fit and like you
0: can convince me this is a needle
1: moving move, you know.
0: Yeah. All right, we'll see. Thanks for tuning in guys. We'll be back with another episode Friday from the lounge post game after the Bulls Talk to you then. Guys, right now at StravaCraftCoffee.com, DNVR listeners can get 25% off their purchase. That's 25%. That's up from the usual 20% off that StravaCraft Coffee offers. You can get StravaCraft Coffee packed with CBD. And of course, CBD has been known to help cure long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, tons of other aches and pains that you might have. You can get it for 25% off when you use the code DNVR25 dnvr25 that's the code you got to use at stravacraftcoffee.com if you're in denver you want to stop by the dnvr bar we have stravacraft cold brew on tap i mean it's what gets us ready for the post game winners lounge every single night so if you're in denver or if you're elsewhere you can check it out online at stravacraftcoffee.com